This is Bill and Matt, and you're listening to the Simplifying Jesus podcast, where we're breaking barriers through communication. Welcome to episode five. We are excited to be with you this week, uh, talk about some more stuff that's going on in the church. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, one of the one of the big ones, which is uh, rules that are often associated with the church, with religion in general, and specifically we're going to talk about um, things within Christianity. Um, so, uh, so let's just kind of start at the basics of where do these rules even come from? Where where do these ideas come from and um you know there's there's some places that most people are probably familiar with or have heard of like the ten commandments um you know thou shalt not steal don't kill anybody you know that kind of stuff the ten commandments we've all seen the movie uh (laughs) if you haven't you should um charlton heston is amazing that's right that is right (laughs) um so definitely check that out but ten commandments we're pretty familiar with um you may have heard of the Pharisees. They were kind of the religious scholars of the day. You've probably at least heard the name thrown around, but they were somewhat like the priests of, of the of Jesus's day. Uh, and then Jesus himself gave us a lot of teaching. So a lot of different places these rules came from. Unfortunately, when you when you don't go to church and you don't understand what it's all about, you feel like if you step foot in a church lightning is going to strike yeah. because of the life you've lived or because of the things you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that said, you don't understand what I've done. <laughs> yeah, actually I could, I probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can honestly say I probably do have been there. I've done that. Um, uh, and then, you know, my life has changed now because of God, Jesus, yeah. the church, because of the, the Trinity, uh, the stuff that we are talking about here that you may not even understand as of yet, but, um, you know, I've, I've heard it said, you're good enough. I'm good enough. I've never killed anyone. Um, I don't need mm-hmm. the church to make me better. Um, and we'll get on into that a little bit later too. But, um, you know, sometimes people think the church is all about impossible rules yeah. that just, that are just impossible to follow. I'm just here to tell you that's not what it's all about. The church, unfortunately, makes it seem that way, though, sometimes. Right, absolutely. And, and, you know, part of that comes from uh, just how we handle the rules that are even out there. Um, So you get into, if you start digging into the Bible and read some of the sections, you can see where some of these uh, extra rules come from. Um, But in kind of the church over time is picked and chosen which ones they want to follow like one of the one of the goofy ones uh that i thought about recently is uh there is a uh there are still some parts of the church that believe um that tattoos are are just not allowed that just not a thing uh not a personal belief uh but i do know some some old timers that still feel that way um but not very far away from that in the bible it talks about sacrificing animals when you sin now Let's let's be real here. Nobody's going around sacrificing animals when we mess something up. Um, that that's not how it works. That's but, a whole different religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that that that's those other guys. We we don't do that. Uh, but we still like to pick and choose. Well, we're going to pick on tattoos because you know. Well, that's an easy one to pick on. And and so you know, talk about adding confusion to the mix. I mean, we we just. Yeah, we get it all kinds of mixed up. Yeah, well, and Emily, my wife, she will argue with you about the the tattoos um, in in Revelation. There's a part that says that Jesus had a tattoo on his thigh. Well, that's um, enough for me. Yeah. So <laughs> she said, "Nope, Jesus has a tattoo." So, um, and she she has many tattoos. In fact, you know, it's the rules that that got to her. She grew up in the church, and she spent all of her life in church. In fact, it was mm-hmm. she was the firstborn, and they said, "Well, I think." 
she needs to grow up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the same thing with, with our kids. Yep. Uh, when our daughter was born, we said, you know what? We should go to church. After Emily convinced me, of course. Um, <laughs> right. But those rules that were imparted by the church and by her parents because of the religion that mm-hmm. they, they believed in, because of their Christianity, because of their um, righteous way of living, um, said in quotes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> those rules pushed her away from them mm-hmm. and the church. She moved away when she was 18. She couldn't wait to get out of there mm. as quickly as she could. Um, and she calls that her rebellion period. She, mm. she moved away. She got into heavy drinking. She got into drugs. Uh, moved in with a guy, you hmm. know, um, it didn't, it didn't take long for her to get into some serious trouble yeah. um, through all of that. Um, I'm not saying rules are bad by any means. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not certainly not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a church, uh, we have to be careful on how we handle that. And sure, there's, there's things that are a no, no. I mean, you, you look at the 10 commandments, yeah. um, do not murder. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's I think good, we can all agree rule. on that. Yeah. 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 That's a good rule. Um, you know, adultery is in the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments. That's a good rule. Yeah. The Bible is full of stuff that, that is there just to help us live a good life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if we follow it, our lives are going to be a whole lot easier. Yeah. But the church and just people in general have, have completely, um, I think manipulated might be the right word. Sure. Um, that into forcing people into submission. I mean, that might be a little strong, uh, but, but, um, you know, these rules that we're going to get into some, you know, here in a little bit can easily push people away from the church. Absolutely. Those rules kept me from wanting to anything to do with the church. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it took her a long time to realize that her relationship with God was not about the rules right. in the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, where a lot of that comes from is that, um, we put expectations on ourselves um, because of personal circumstances um, or, or things like that that go above and beyond what the Bible actually requires, what the Bible teaches. Um, and, and so we get in these situations where we're saying things are wrong and they're really not, but maybe it's the best decision for you. Um, and, and so you, you start putting on everybody else expectations you have for yourself because of personal beliefs, maybe circumstances you've been through. And, and so that's, that's where we've got to make sure we we're not muddy in the water, um, mm-hmm. with what is this all about? Mm-hmm. It's not about the rules. It's about the relationship. And, and, uh, that's what it all comes back to. So growing up as a Southern Baptist, there were a lot of, um, rules, quote unquote, for the church that, that I grew up with and, and, uh, and a lot of other churches too. Uh, so we, we picked out a few of those just to talk about a little bit here. Sure. We've got, uh, we've got five silly rules the church tends to put on everyone. Now this first one, um, I've got to add a disclaimer to it. Uh, this first one is drinking. You know, a lot of people think that um, if you're a Christian, you're just not allowed to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Uh, now, what you do with alcohol after you've uh, uh, after you've had some, after you've had some too many, right. um, <laughs> you know, after you've um, gone out and made a total fool of yourself, um, yeah, that not, might not be okay. Right. Having a drink here or there, uh, even according to biblical standards, is not. Um, is not wrong. Yeah. It's not considered a sin, if you will. Um, also, I want to say that 
if you have an issue with drinking, if you mm-hmm. are perhaps an alcoholic, or if that's just something that you don't want anything to do with, that's a personal preference, that's fine. But we wanted to clear up that drinking is not inherently all bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can. There are stories all over the Bible that uh, talk about people drinking wine, including Jesus Himself. Um, and I'm not any better than He is. So certainly, I think I think I'm good there. I think we're good. Um, but but it's funny. You know, I mentioned I grew up Southern Baptist, and the drinking was a big no-no. Um, yeah, I knew I knew some people that wouldn't take NyQuil because it had alcohol in it. Um, I mean, just to that level. But but it was interesting to kind of watch. Um, some of the some of the situations that came up and i still see this today in in some places where uh people would uh, if they wanted to get a drink they wanted to buy um uh, some alcohol whatever their whatever their choice was they would not just get out of town they'd go to the next county because they did not want to be seen buying a drink i mean they were getting way out of town um definitely not buying a drink in a restaurant somewhere locally um just because you know, that was an expectation that some people in the church put out, put out there and said, well, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of ridiculous how that happened. And, and I still see it in some places. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's kind of a silly rule we've got out there. Sure. And, and, you know, again, to add to that disclaimer, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, you and I talked about this earlier that some people don't want to be a hindrance on somebody else who has a problem with alcohol. Absolutely. So if you've got you know, somebody heavily involved with the church, a deacon, a pastor, or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and they're seeing having a drink in a mm-hmm. bar, probably not in a bar, but in a restaurant, <laughs> right. um, something like that, that might make somebody in the church have a whole new perspective of, right. of that person and mm-hmm. maybe not trust them as much sure. because of their own beliefs. Right. Um, so that, you know, again, that's putting beliefs mm-hmm. on people mm-hmm. um, based on your own perspective that's I mean, honestly, unfair for, right. for, for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the deal is that it's making good decisions for yourself based on your experience and your personality and all of that, that do it. That's great. But the expectation that everybody is going to fall in line with that is really, that's, that, that's where it gets out of whack. Part of that disclaimer, we never want to be a hindrance to people who are trying to get out of, you know, whatever lifestyle, whatever issues they're having. So right. important disclaimer is part of that. Sure. Um, well, you know, and, and to that, and this is, this is probably going to be the longest one we talk about because <laughs> it is an important one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have a, a fellowship meal with a bunch of friends on yeah. the second Thursday of each month here yep. at our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt comes to that. And, you know, Matt and I like to have a, a, a beer together occasionally. Mm-hmm. But that particular night, we say no alcohol. We're not going to drink yeah. because we want people who may not feel comfortable around alcohol mm-hmm. to to come hang out with us absolutely and we don't want to be a hindrance to that but on a friday night matt and i might get together and have a drink we just have that one day a month it's not going to kill us right yeah, it's not. yeah. <laughs> so, we can hang out without alcohol uh, yes we, we, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you know again long disclaimer that's a that's an important one that you know a lot of people struggle with i did for a while mm-hmm. i struggled with alcoholism for a while mm-hmm. Um, but I'm to a point now in my life where I'm a little more mature and I can responsibly have mm-hmm. a drink or two 
and um, not get crazy. Absolutely. And, and not need to have 12 to have a good time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So moving on, now that I've, I've, I've kind of dominated that one, um, what's the next one, Matt? So, so the next one, this is another good old Southern Baptist rule, is no dancing. So uh, probably if you haven't seen the movie Footloose, you're familiar with it, but it's uh, it runs prevalent in the, in the church. In fact, I knew somebody... Um, a church that I actually attended for a little while that uh, they, uh, somebody had a wedding there, uh, a family that um, had been in the church for a long time had their wedding there, but they moved their reception off site so that they could dance because <laughs> the church did not want to have dancing at the church facility, um, which is just crazy to me. I mean, I, I'm a total rebel in that regard. <laughs> I, I, uh, we had our, our wedding at our church and, um, we uh, we brought in a dance floor. We didn't just dance in the church property. We brought in a dance yeah, floor, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we had a great time. We with was getting it. down on that thing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time. Uh, so much fun. But but that's one of those goofy rules. I mean, and and you know, you look back again at the biblical context. There's all kinds of stories of dancing by you know the, the heroes of the Bible, and there's nothing wrong with it. But there again, maybe there were some things associated with it. Some people didn't need to do it. They needed to stay away from that scene for whatever reason. Sure, and it was their own, their own, uh, their own beliefs, and that that mm-hmm. kept them away. But they didn't force it on everybody else. Exactly. That's, that's what we have to uh, be careful about. You know, and and, and thinking about this, um, my mom's grandfather hmm. was a deacon in a small Southern Baptist church, hmm. and this was this was a long time ago, and uh, you know I remember her telling me dancing was a no-no. No mm. dancing uh, at all. That's just a uh, wrong and a sin. And, and my mom loves to dance. In fact, huh. she met my stepdad at a dance hall and <laughs> you know, that that's just one of her things. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be partially why we didn't grow up in the church. You know, <laughs> again, yeah. rules kept right. us away. You know, if mm-hmm. you're going to say no dancing and I love to dance, I'm not going to do that. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and especially, I mean, when, when it's, it's just not a thing. I mean, not being able to dance is, it's, it's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to. I mean, yeah. I, I think of, I think of growing up in church and, and we, uh, we called some of them the frozen chosen. I mean, you just didn't move. It didn't matter what kind of music was playing. It could be piano or organ or they could be rocking it out on stage, but, but they were stiff. Um, just no, no movement allowed, no dancing for sure. Well, uh, and, and I think, I think that when you, when you think of churches where people just kind of stand there and they're singing and, and I think people are uncomfortable even to raise their hands yeah. and, like you said, frozen, chosen, like they, <laughs> they just, they don't want to be looked at. They don't want to be right. a distraction. They don't want mm-hmm. to be thought of as different. They don't want to be, um, when all they're really doing is, is, is feeling some emotion, feeling yeah. the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. feeling whatever, whatever it mm-hmm. is that's going on with them. Mm-hmm. That is literally part of praise and worship. Yeah. And so many people are just so self-conscious about doing it mm-hmm. because of all of this, because people yeah. say, oh, no, we shouldn't do that. Exactly. It's like a few episodes ago when I talked about the lady that was in there clapping. Like right. Everybody's eyes were on her. Whoa. And not on the stage. Yeah. That's the wrong way to be. Yeah. That's when you know your head's not in the right place, when you're worried about what somebody else is doing mm-hmm. instead of focusing on, hey, where am I at today? What yep. am I doing? Yep, Exactly. So kind of on the flip side of that, uh, an interesting one is is some churches and some people believe you shouldn't have instruments as part of your worship set. What? No. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, drummer Bill over here is just he's he's blown away by this one. Uh yes. but but it's true. There are some there are some churches out there that believe that and some people that believe that. Yeah. 
in the last episode we talked about um, the different denominations of, of churches and one of those denominations that don't believe in instruments is the Church of Christ. Yeah. And one of my needs to in finding a church was to not have a band. Mm-hmm. But because Emily grew up Baptist, we didn't even look at a Church of Christ. Yeah. Um, there was no way we were doing that. I think our family, <laughs> uh, her family might have disowned her. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe we should have looked at that if I, need, if I mm-hmm. needed to not have a, a music to be a distraction. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know what I would do with that now because I get to mm-hmm. play drums in our church. Right. I get to run sound in our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just fun being able to serve and worship that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's no reason that, that you can't have instruments there. Again, look back at some of the heroes in the Bible. They had cymbals and the flute and lyre <laughs> playing music, you know, songs all throughout it um, that included instruments. Um, you know, for some personal preference, you know, we talked about in the last episode style choices and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to work best for you. And maybe at that time, that style with no instruments, it might have helped out some with, with your focus and stuff. Um, in the long run, I'm glad that you're, you're, uh, at our church and, and helping with sound stuff and playing drums. But, but yeah, it's, it's a style choice. It, it should not be a, one of those hardline rules that we have to follow. Absolutely. Um, the one that always got me, um, and this is even going back to what was it? Our first episode talking about hypocrites or mm, second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about hypocrites. Um, you know, the dress codes that people, that churches impose, um, the suit and tie, um, wearing a suit and tie in church, um, and having all of these dress codes were really something that made me look at the church and say, wow, they think they're better than everybody else. They got to look all prim and proper and, and, and make sure that they're, um, they're showing everybody that they're better. I've never worn a suit in my life, (laughs) not at least a, a full suit. I've worn a suit jacket and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate ties um, with a passion. <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't be caught uh, if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's me setting boundaries on things that shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. But again, that style, that's preference. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I consider myself uh, just kind of laid back and I don't mm-hmm. care about all that stature type yeah. um, dress. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had, uh, I remember we always talked about wearing your Sunday best and I by no means wore a suit every Sunday growing up or anything like that. But I do remember, you know, every Easter we'd go suit shopping and, you know, there are lots of pictures of us in our suits and all done up and stuff. And, um, and even, you know, through high school and, and into college, some, I, I had this, um, thought that, I, you know, I should probably look my best when I go to church. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm going to dress nicer to go somewhere else, um, you know, whether it be a wedding or, or even just my day to day stuff, like, you know, going to class when I was in school and, and, or going to work and then I should probably take one step further for church. And, you know, it just doesn't, it's not, it's not as prevalent now, uh, in the church as it used to be. I don't think, um, especially out here, um, our, you know, our church, our pastor wears a polo on Sunday mornings and it's mm-hmm. great. It's fantastic because it's a welcoming thing. Like mm-hmm. we don't care what you look like. Come yeah. on in, come worship with us, come learn about God. Yeah. That's what matters. It's not about being all prim and proper in your Sunday best. No, no, it's really not. And I, and I wonder I don't know for sure. I'm no, uh, I've said it before and we all know I'm no theologian, but I wonder if that doesn't come from, um, in the Bible, you know, it says to give God your best first, mm, you know, yeah. give, you know, your first, uh, your first fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I wonder if that's where that comes from. And people think, well, uh, you know, I have to give my best. I have to dress my best. I yeah. have to act my best. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, be real. 
Yeah. Be yourself. Um, be open and honest with the people around you. Be open and honest with God because hmm. you're only kidding yourself if you yeah. think you're if you're going to go dress your best on Sunday, but then you know or act your best on Sunday and then mm-hmm. be a completely different person the rest of the week. What's the point? Yeah. Matt and I were talking before we started this recording, and and you know I when I go play my shows, sometimes I'll dress better at those mm. shows than I do on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for any other reason than probably by accident. Like, okay, I think I'll right. wear this today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll, might dress better for a wedding than I do for a church. Sure. Uh, you know, we go to church, it's familiar. It's every week we do the same things. Mm-hmm. A, a wedding is, you're going to see people you haven't seen in 10 years probably. Right. You know, yeah, you want to kind of look your best. Yeah. I see people at church every week. Right. I see them more than I see my, my biological family. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, with this podcast and everything, I see Matt five days a week. So, you know, I'm, uh, you know, recording a podcast in shorts and stuff. I don't need to dress nice to, no. to talk about God or, no. or it's, it's kind of the same situation. Now I'm not going to go to church, uh, dressed in shorts and a t-shirt. Sure. Um, but I think that's more because I'm around other people who I don't see all the time. Yeah. You know, why not look decent? Mm-hmm. I remember as a teenager, you know, anytime I went to go to the store, I had to make sure my hair was fixed and my I was wearing decent right. clothes because you never know who you're going to run into. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. I think that's an interesting thing that, that people feel like rules have been put upon when it's just, um, what, society? Yeah, yeah. Being it's just, society. Yeah, it's just the social norms is really what it all comes back to and and, uh, you know, that, that some of that stuff, you know, like we've been talking about, people have these expectations and they put them on other people because mm-hmm. they think this is what I think everybody should do things like I do them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just not the case. It yeah. um, doesn't need to be that way. Agreed. So, uh, so the last of our, our five silly rules, big one. uh, is a big one. It's one that, um, I know is hits home, uh, and that is tithing and, and our tithes and offering giving to the church in general, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Folks, um, in case you've never heard this before, churches don't charge an admission fee. No. Um, that's not what tithing is all about. Um, churches aren't all about getting your money from you. Hmm. Um, now, I will say that churches survive off of your money. Right. Churches survive off of tithes. Um, that's how it works. And I don't, this would be a, a whole episode if <laughs> yeah, we wanted we it to be and it will be i'm sure mm-hmm. we will we'll talk about this in more detail yeah um but you don't have to pull out your checkbook every time you go to church no you don't have to ever pull out your checkbook to go to mm-hmm. church it's not expected now i know that churches get a bad name because of their um the tv evangelist you know right. oh, please send your money send your check to this address you know uh, the old tv evangelist for sure yeah the offering plate gets passed at just about every church. If it doesn't, there's a box up on the back wall that, and mm-hmm. they're going to say, Hey, you know, you can leave your money in the box. Right. But it's not a requirement. No. And, and it's not paying your way into heaven. It's helping the church survive. Right. You're a part of a community that is there to help other people. Mm-hmm. The churches tithe on our tithes. In other words, they send in, 10% or whatever that number is yeah. of what we give to the bigger convention, to the bigger group that kind of uh, facilitates the church. Is that the yeah, right? Yeah, and, and they do a lot of uh, good mission opportunities and, and things like that that you know the local church just doesn't have the means and resources to do the big stuff. Right. And so, you know, so when you give to the local church, 
you're also supporting the big the you know big C church like we call it the the global church mm-hmm. and and the missions that are going on there and so um but you know but all of that said it's still not a requirement um you know and for for people in the church it is it is biblical it's in there that you know that yeah give to the church support your pastor support each other really i mean that's that's what it it really comes down to is supporting your community and and being a part of that and the church is a great way to facilitate um, charitable uh, events and, and stuff and to help out the community, whether it's a food pantry or some kind of event for um, uh, handing out meals to the less fortunate or clothes drive or whatever it may be. It takes money to do that kind of stuff in society. Right. Um, and so that's where tithing comes from. That's where it comes in, but it's still, it's not a requirement and, and that shouldn't be a reason that you don't come because you don't want to pay that admission fee because it, it's not there. And well, and let me add, if it is there, run. Yeah, get right. out. That's, That's the wrong right. church. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> because it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, as these, you know, we call these silly rules starting out. Um, unfortunately, they're sometimes perceived as being real rules. Yeah. And um, they can be pretty confusing if you don't know that they're not actually rules. Mm-hmm. They don't. This isn't the way it is. And again, if it if these are actually rules, run because yeah. that's not the way it should be. The church should be welcoming. The church should be um, there to help you with whatever you need. I mean, these rules are yeah. put there for your own safety, mm-hmm. for your own sake. It's the rules that we tell our kids: don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Right. And usually they're going to not going to listen and they're going to hurt themselves. Um, as of this recording, my daughter just cracked her elbow last night. Um, um, not doing anything wrong. She just fell and hurt herself. Life happens. Uh, Life happens. Um, but these rules, okay, maybe not the silly rules we put in place, (laughs) but most rules in the Bible are there to help you live a safe, a safe and abundant life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, when we when we're talking about rules here, especially stuff like the silly rules, you know, the thing to remember is that the issue that's out there is that Christianity and and our relationship is just that it's a relationship. It's really not about following all the rules. It's it's um, it's not about you know the checklist of okay, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. Um, even going back to the Ten Commandments, you know, we talk about how those are the big ten and those are the ones everybody knows, but nobody can even really keep those all the way right and we'll no. we'll have to dive into that in, in another episode but you know it's difficult to even keep the big 10 right and to keep all of that in perspective um yeah so no nobody can keep that and and so it kind of leads us to this point where y- you feel like well, okay well i've been good enough i've i've done well enough i haven't killed anybody i haven't done anything crazy and the issue is that's still focusing on the rules. It's it's not about the that relationship with God, which is what it what it really boils down to. It's it's not about being good enough. It's about having a relationship. Right. And I've heard this said before by somebody close to me. And you know, I do understand that people outside of the church feel like the church is all about fixing you or trying to make you a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think people feel like the church is, you know, what's in it for them, mm-hmm. what's in it for the church. And it's really about helping. Um, it is about helping you as a person, helping us as, as people. But it's really about building that relationship, like you mm-hmm. said, and teaching you about what it means to follow Jesus. So that misconception of, of the church is about, is try, just trying to fix me, yeah. um, is keeping people away 
right. from going to church for the right reasons. Yeah, and and to say that the church is trying to fix people, I'm going to show a little bit of my my nerdiness here. But uh, I'm I'm a little bit of a Star Trek fan, uh, and and you know we're not we're not like Data uh, in, in Next Generation. <laughs> we we weren't made to be um, these rule following robots and and that you know androids and we we weren't made that way. We weren't made that way for a reason. Um, you know we nobody's going to get it all right. Um, and so the church's job is to not fix you. We're not going in for our, our weekly tune up when we go to church, although we sometimes call it that, but you know, um, that that's not what it's about. The church isn't there to come in and, and fix our broken parts. The church is there to help us with that relationship and to help us grow in that. Because Jesus is going to fix our broken parts. That's right. And he's the only one that can. Right. Not the church. He, he's the only one that can. Right. And I'll, I'll join you in the nerdiness a little bit because I will add to that. Even Data was trying to be more human. That's right. That was his goal in life. That's right. <laughs> See, I, I know it. things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone here. I'm glad I'm not alone here. Um, and so here's, here's the thing is when we make it about all the rules and when we make it about being perfect and getting everything right, the root of the issue is we take the focus off relationship. That's part of it. And we also make it about what I can do to earn my way into heaven. And, and that goes completely against what, what we believe as Christians and, and what Jesus taught and all of that is that you know, the whole point is nobody's perfect. Nobody can earn their way in. Boom, here comes Jesus, drop the mic, he's got it taken care of. Mm-hmm. He's the one who can help us out and fix us up. Right, right. Going off of what you said, Matt, with inserting Jesus there, um, uh, changing your life for the better is not about going to church and right. following the rules. That's right. Um, you know, I think that's something we've been harping on this whole time. It's not about that as much as people make it about that. Yeah. Um, it's truly about a relationship with God. Um, it is about a relationship with Jesus because when we start a relationship, building a relationship, mm-hmm. it makes us want to change for the better. It makes us want to do better and yeah. be better. And, and even in things that we don't feel like are wrong now, eventually you might start changing your mind on that and mm-hmm. say, oh, I don't think I should be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the things that Jesus talked about um, in the Bible are there to help us live a better life and live it more abundantly. I'm glad you used that word earlier. Um, and, and really what we mean by that is living your best life. Um, not in the, uh, necessarily in the prosperity and wealth kind of way. Um, although it could turn into that, um, definitely, definitely possible, but, but, but living the best life you can now. And, and I think about it like in a marriage relationship, Bill and I are both married. I've been married for a little over two years now, Bill, you're going on 10, 11, 13 years. So we've been married for a while and I know for, for Rachel and I, when I look at our relationship and how it's grown, I want to do things more in line with what she's looking for and what she needs from me. Um, and I think it's kind of the same thing here as we build that relationship with Jesus. We're going to start to do things more his way because, because we see that it's better for us, that, that, that gives us a better life now. And right. that's what it's all about. Right. You know, when I, uh, when we had our daughter and decided to start going to church, you know, a lot of things changed for me. And I think a lot of it kind of revolved around Callie, our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to be better for her. Hmm. Um, but also building that relationship with Jesus at the same time yeah. helped me to be that person. Um, it, it, it was about wanting to be better for my family, mm-hmm. but it was also Jesus in my heart, Holy Spirit in my heart saying, no, that's not right. Yeah. Um, because had I not had, had that, I still wouldn't have seen some of the things that I was doing that were wrong mm-hmm. as wrong. 
Yeah, and and that's what it's like with the rules that that Jesus laid out there. Is it is about us living a better life, and and we're applying that to our families as well. But it is important to note that it's still not about the rules. That's not how you get to heaven. It's still not that checklist. And let's just lay it out. I mean, it's sure. uh, this is what it's all about. Is is getting the message out about what it what it takes to get to heaven and what Christianity is really all about. And we, we break it down um, into the ABCs. Uh, admit that you're a sinner. Nobody's perfect. We've talked about that a lot today, about there's all these rules out there. Um, nobody can keep them all, um, whether it's stuff out of the Bible or um, the extra stuff that we like to pile on. Um, nobody can keep it all. Nobody's perfect. And so mm-hmm. just admit that. Believing Jesus is who he said he is. Um, that he's the son of God and that, and, and that he lived a perfect life. And then finally, confess your faith in him and, and put your faith in him going forward for the rest of your life, that he's the only way to get to heaven, that you can't do it on your own. You can't be perfect. That's how you get there. Yeah. So we're going to jump into the, uh, to the wrap of our show that we like to call the outside looking inside looking out. Two in a row. You're doing good with that. Yeah. So again, my perspective outside looking in, Matt laid it out for you. When I was not in church, I didn't understand what all that meant. Um, And people outside of the church don't realize that. It doesn't take anything more than uh, believing in Jesus. Now, yeah. sometimes if, if you're not in church or if you're not even searching, that's the hard part. That's something that you just have to accept. You just have to decide that, you know what, all the evidence is there. Yeah. If you do the research, all the evidence is there. And then you just have to have faith in that. And then know that you're a sinner and and confess your faith in him and decide, yeah, I believe he is who he says he is. Matt laid that out perfectly, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it looking looking in. And that's all I needed to know. All of these rules are not a requirement. Uh, the church doesn't expect anything from you. When we go talk to you about Jesus, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're mm-hmm. trying to inform you of what we already know yeah. and what has helped our lives. Um, it's literally just wanting to help you. Yeah. I didn't understand what it meant to be saved at all. I didn't know what the word meant. Yeah. I thought it was about following the rules and it was very intimidating at the time. So just keep in mind, it's really just as simple as, as what Matt's laying out, but I didn't know that. And if you don't are not involved in church, if you don't, uh, read your Bible, you don't know that either. Right. You just have to look into it. Yeah, and and from the inside looking out uh, perspective from inside the church, it is so important that we make sure that we keep our eye on the ball and that we don't make it about the rules. Um, you know, as a church, we have a tendency to uh, make it about doing all of the right things and uh, checking all the boxes. And well, I didn't do this, and I did do that, and that's that's not what it's about. It is about relationship, and and like we talked about, as that relationship grows. You're, you will probably find yourself wanting to do more of those things and wanting to live mm-hmm. life the way Jesus laid out, but that's still not what it's about. It's still not about the rules. It is about that relationship. And the other side of that is we can't just pick and choose which ones we harp on and which ones we're, um, which ones we're going to ignore. Uh, we need to be consistent and, and we need to have a consistent message that this is about relationship. This is what we're doing. Um, this is what it's all about. Right. And, and we, 
you know, all these rules and stuff, like I mentioned before, it, it turns into a control need that I can, I can do this checklist. I can, I can get my way in if I'm at church every Sunday and I read my Bible at least a couple times a week and all that stuff. That's not what it's about. No. Work on that relationship. The rest of it will, that, that's all you need. It's not the rest will work itself out. Work on the relationship because that's what it is all about. Right, right. We have to put Jesus first and everything else will, he will provide everything. That's we right. Need. We need well, thank you all so much for listening. I hope this was uh, in, as informative as it was fun for us to do. Um, and I hope you all had a, had a good time listening to it. I hope uh, you all have a great day and uh, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody tuning in and we will catch you guys next week. <laughs>